Hello and welcome along to the 98 No Out podcast. I'm joined by one of my favourite guests, Mr George DeBell, who's always good value and a joy to speak to. So remember, tell your friends, subscribe and get the podcast. Let's get into it. Hi, George. Welcome along to the 98 No Out podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I mean, that was a very kind intro, I should say. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's true, you are a joy to speak to. And uh, oh dear, I don't think I'm going to be today. I've got a, I've got a headache. Like there's some a quite angry man with a quite sharp knife trying to cut his way out of the side of my head. But anyway, <laughs> well, I, I think that was richly deserved at the cricket writers' lunch yesterday. I do believe. Uh yeah. Um... I, I didn't really uh, partake that much, actually. Oh, didn't you? Um, not really. Well, for one thing, I was speaking. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I was really busy uh, from a practical basis. And I had to make a speech, which I hadn't had any chance to write. So I wrote it right before speaking. And I'm not sure it worked. <laughs> and also, um, I, I had a really, I had an odd collection of people there, including uh, my sort of ex-wife. Who, <laughs> oh dear. who, um, uh, yeah, who, who we've been sort of going through a divorce process for for a while, and I was trying not to look like a shambles in front of her as well, <laughs> oh, uh, which God. I probably didn't manage to do. <laughs> <laughs> have well, I overshared? I think I might. Have done. <laughs> well, I've been to that a few times. It's it's always good fun. You do bump into all kinds of people there. Um, you and, do. Well, uh, I've got the PCAs this evening. Oh, the God. PCA Awards is is that's where I have to go after we finish this conversation. Oh right, well uh, make sure you uh, you know do your tie up and uh, stand up straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk cricket. Um, let's start with um, this high performance review, which uh, the counties should be giving all their feedback on in the near future. It looks like it's not going to go well. Well, let's be frank. It's not a high performance review, is it? That's a name given to try and justify what it is. Uh, but you can't possibly have a high-performance review and not talk about the 100, which takes, obviously, the prime weeks of the season and isn't a format played at international level. So, uh, you know, let's just be honest. It's not a high-performance review. It's an excuse for the ECB to end up with the format they like more of and to cut the ones they like least. And I think it's an attempt to cut the number of counties by stealth. Yeah, well, that was always the fear when the whole thing was first talked about. Probably it was about three years ago now. Um, yeah, well, hey, have you ever, you probably haven't because you're a talented fellow, but I don't know if you've ever been made redundant. Yes. They, they, well, I, I have. happens all the time, Darren. Um, <laughs> and um, that you, they go through a consultancy process. Well, they're not really consulting with you. No. You know? No. They're not really having a conversation. It's just a legal process. Anyway, the high performance review was a, a bit like that. Uh, it, you know, they, they knew what they wanted before they started and they ended up there at the end. The difference is this time, though, Darren, that the counties and the county members were, were forewarned and they were mobilised and organised and they've said no. They, mm. the, the county members have held the county executives to account because 15 of the 18 first-class counties are effectively member-owned. And, um, and also, I think it, it's not just a, a question of uh, the county executive being concerned about their own positions. I think genuinely 
there is a concern that the county game has been eroded and there's not actually that much there to replace it. You know, if there were a better system, maybe we could talk about it. But at the moment, uh, so, so, so the key things they talked about were cutting the number of home blast games. So it would have been a 10 game blast season well, before the knockout stages, which means five home games instead of seven, as it is now. Yeah. So that hits the cash flow of the class. Oh, and, and it would have been 10 championship games instead of 14, which again hits the cash flow of the clubs in terms of reduced membership value, but also uh, raises questions about how much first-class cricket is enough to prepare the test side. So there were several legitimate reasons for the counties and the county membership saying, oh, we're, not, we're not sure that this is right. We're not sure this is the direction we should be going. And the combination of the two, I think, has resulted in them just saying no to these proposals. Now, there could still be a negotiated settlement, but I suspect when Andrew Strauss started, he thought he'd be able to push these things through on the quiet, as happened with the 100. Um, and uh, the world has changed since that happened. What potentially... And be as nightmarish as you wish. What potentially would the cricket, the domestic cricket world, look like if the ECB kept dancing down this path? Well, uh, nothing would change tomorrow, but look how things have changed in 10 years and imagine how they would in 10 more. So I would see this as another nudge towards the irrelevance of several counties. Initially, they were talking about three divisions. It became uh, one division with two conferences. Yeah. But the worry is you have counties on the bottom of the end of those conferences struggling to gain promotion to the top division and therefore, in this new scenario, struggling to gain the monetary reward and investment from the ECB. So you would have counties that ha had less and less to play for, less income. Uh, we criticise them for being ever more reliant on the ECB, but then take away their ability to make a living. And uh, my fear is that they would have become gradually irrelevant, which some of them, I think, I fear are already, then become semi-professional and then perhaps slip out of the game altogether. I'm not saying you wouldn't have some sort of cricket at Grace Road or New Road or Chelmsford even. Yeah, uh, because let, let, make no bones about it. Chelmsford's right in the mix of these clubs. Fantastic club, though it is very easy to defend, though it is in many ways. Uh, it is a smaller club. And in the world where the clubs which host hundred sides and internationals gain far more funding, it could become quite difficult to sustain. So I think you would see many fewer first class clubs. I absolutely accept that some people with good intentions think that that would be a beneficial thing. I disagree. Mm -hmm. But if we are going to have that conversation, let's be honest about it. Let's just be frank and have it up front. But yeah. that's what this decision, I'm pretty confident, would have done in the medium term. Are they kind of betting the bank on the fact that the resistance um, and sterling resistance is it's coming from members? When you look around the demographic of most county members they are of a certain vintage shall we say is there a kind of a hope that as time passes that membership dwindles or that resistance dwindles and that the youngsters coming through are almost being corralled into liking and following the hundred um yeah up to a point I, I, all i would say is that um that 
people shouldn't be ashamed of liking the hundred. Uh, I, I, I've enjoyed the hundred uh, uh, often. Um, you can like the hundred, but be afraid of what it represents and what it brings with it. And it's a shame that the conversations become so polarized. Um, but that is part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, because you know, it, it, it's not the format. You know, I personally, I could. Uh, live with it if they made the blast 100 ball tournament much more than I could live with the 100 being made a 20 ball tournament I would still have all the issues I have with it if it were a T20 yeah um I bear in mind how much they've bet on the 100 I, I would be concerned about the lack of growth in broadcast figures this year I, I would thought that was uh you know year two you surely be wanting to build on year one figures and they've dropped you know fairly considerably yeah, they have uh, there might be there might be good reasons for that but i would have thought that was a worry um the other thing is there's a financial review going on at the moment darren uh, which is led by fanus Hira at worcestershire he's the chair there and he has access to all the money spent by the ecb and he will compile a report which i think we'll see before well will be ready before uh, Christmas. And that will show once and for all how much, for example, the ECB is spending in each area, including the 100. Now, if it turns out that the headcount employed to make the 100 has basically been hidden in ECB costs, and I think it will be, then we might find out that the 100 is losing, by my estimation, and it's a very blunt estimation, 25 to 30 million pounds a year. Oof. Now, if it is... Don't we have to have a, the conversation again? Don't we yeah. have to? So, you know, if the information changes, don't our conclusions change? So I think it would be reasonable to wait until we have that review, to have all the evidence, and then see what happens. I, I'm not a person who believes that uh, fate is settled and sealed. We, we can change our fate. So people who say the 100 is signed up till 2028, well, I don't agree. I don't think it is. Mm. We've probably got two more years of it. Definitely, to probably two more years of it. After that, I think anything is possible. Yeah, let's wait and see, and let's hope because I think you're right. Um, and in my in my experience, you you know you can't be dinosaurs just kind of gazing at that comet coming from the skies. Uh, you, you know, you've got to be agile, you've got to move, uh, and you've got to be adaptive. And as you say, just you know, read the data, and if the data's compelling, then you've got to do something. Um, I just yeah, want to yeah. also talk to you today. I know we're we're tight on time, but you were one of the champions of uh, um, Azim Rafiq when the whole racism story exploded with with Yorkshire um, a couple of years ago, and the whole turgid process of that um, continues. Uh, and there are more stories breaking about um, a senior England player today being involved potentially in accusations of well, racism. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because. I, I was surprised to see an exclusive tag on that. I think I did that story on the 8th of July. That's oh. the Daily Mail for you. <laughs> and, he's not, and he's not a particularly senior England player. Oh, OK. Oh, okay. Well, he hasn't played for England for ages. Cool, right. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, I know who it is. I know what happened. Um, uh, it's been with the PCA for at least that period of time. Um, yeah, it, it, it's disturbing how much does go on, though, if that's your point. 
you know, there's, there's, well, there's I mean, a lot I'm, of stories I'm, out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not, of... I'm not completely surprised by it, but um, I, I was more interested in just exploring the, the Yorkshire conversation with you that, um, yeah, sure. um, you know, time has, a lot of time has passed. They've not really been punished. Um, there's been some fairly scurrilous stuff written locally up there, um, which doesn't really help the discussion. Uh, and I, I just wondered where, you know, this this goes next and, and what can or should be done about it. Yeah, well, good question. Uh, well, there are ECB hearings uh, which are due to start on the 17th and 18th of October, uh, at which I believe uh, Yorkshire as a club are going to plead guilty. I also believe that one or two of the individuals charged are going to plead guilty. So they've intimated anyway. Right. Um, there's some doubt as to whether those hearings will take place. Azim and Yorkshire have asked for them to take place in public. Uh, and there's a lot of reluctance for that to happen. The reason they want it to happen in public is to stop the scurrilous rumours that have been circulating elsewhere. You see, Azim and some others have given him evidence several times. They gave evidence to the Employment Tribunal. They gave evidence in the Squire Patton Boggs inquiry. They gave evidence to... Um, sorry, I'm just turning off my phone. They gave evidence to um, DCMS. Now, lots of other people involved with Yorkshire declined to talk to Squire Patton Boggs. They declined to appear in front of DCMS. And they're saying they haven't got a voice because they've chosen not to use it. They've chosen not to use it for good reason as well, because you pull at those strands and they come apart very quickly. Azim will be vindicated. Mm. It, 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 the long-term view, as a slight outsider, it, it's pretty clear that that's the case. But it's very difficult for him, and he wants the inquiries to be held in public so everyone can see everything, hear and see everything that's said and make their own conclusions. Anyway, uh, they're, they're due to be held uh, start in October, when they finish, who knows? Um, the backlash against him, particularly from the local paper in the region, is horrendous. I, I know that Kick It Out are extremely uh, motivated and disgusted, even, yeah. by what's happened. And I'm expecting them to put out a statement within weeks. I mean, they're trying to put the case together in a fairly um, thorough manner. There was also a statement, though, from Sporting Equals, who are part of um, Sport England, I believe, that uh, lobby for equality in sport. And they put out a statement saying that one of the Yorkshire Post articles was uh, something along the lines of victim blaming. And <laughs> do you know what? I don't want to misquote them, so I'm going to try and look it up on my phone. Because, as you'll have seen, the Yorkshire Post editor was kind of threatening to sue me the other day. Was he really? Um, well, so he said, taking legal advice or whatever he said. But, you know, funnily enough, I haven't heard from him. Um, because, uh, OK, I've got the quote. Uh, uh, they said the article only exacerbates the victim-blaming culture and fuels institutional racism. Now, imagine saying that. Imagine being the editor of a paper that someone said that about. The, uh, I'll read you the quote. We're extremely frustrated and disappointed to see the Yorkshire Post article on Yorkshire. It only exacerbates the victim-blaming culture and fuels institutional racism. That's a newspaper being told by Sporting Equals that they're fueling institutional racism. Yeah. It also goes on to say we should all remember that Azim is the victim here and not the cause of the problem. I mean, that article said that all was harmony, that was the word, at Yorkshire before Azim spoke out. Well, it wasn't, was it? 
No, it was a clearly. culture where players were driven to the brink of suicide. To say that's harmonious, God, I'm disgusted to be in the same profession. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, so when is all of this going to happen? Or we don't know as yet. As a well, it's ongoing. Line. Look, Darren, this whole thing, there's never going to be a moment where we break the tape and celebrate. Yeah. You know, there's never going to be that moment. It, it's an ongoing process. And I, I say to Azim sometimes, you've got to take a deep breath and remember how much progress we've made here. We've made progress as a game. Uh, we've made progress in at least raising awareness. And it's terribly disappointing that there, has, there is still this resistance. There are still these people who refuse to accept that there was even a problem. Yeah. You know, bear in mind, quite a lot of, even that Squire Patton Boggs inquiry that reduced, that dismissed using the P word as banter, even <laughs> that upheld several complaints, which is funny that the Yorkshire Post don't mention very often, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, even even those inquiries where they were falling over themselves not to uh, help Azeem, even they ended up saying, yeah, this went wrong. The club, it said, failed to act on its processes. It said they were dismissive of his concerns. I mean, anyway, uh, it will be endless. And we we're expecting a big report from Essex fairly shortly. You know, a, I was going to say QC, KC-led report. Mm. Uh, in, into the allegations there. Um, we've got Cindy Butts's Equality for Equity, sorry, uh, Commission for Equality Commission, or whatever it's called, uh, uh, coming out, which I think is due to report in the first week of December. Uh, these are all going to be significant events. And then uh, the DCMS subcommittee has called several people back, including Nazim and Lord Patel, and Cindy Butts for the 13th of December. All those things, I think, are going to be quite hard-hitting. Yeah. Uh, you might well ask what the ECB and the counties are doing. I think the ECB have made some progress. You know, they've got a 12-point plan, which I, I, I think is helpful. They're trying to have a more inclusive appointment system towards, I don't know, umpires, officials, everything. That That's all good. Does it feel like it's moving too slowly? Hell yes. Yeah, of course. But it's but it's our job to uh, to keep them focused to make sure it happens and to uh, you know uh, to, to to keep going whatever the resistance. Uh, and I and I feel that will happen. Uh, the Yorkshire Post are taking an alternate view. Uh, I, I it's fairly easy for me to ignore that and take the longer term view. But I imagine if you're a young a child of colour growing up in Yorkshire and you're reading this tosh. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll, I'll say one thing to you. Um, Azim and his sister, Amna, who both worked at Yorkshire, are both likely to move abroad, Amna already has actually, for their safety and because they just can't take the bullying, intimidation and threats anymore. Well, what a shocking indictment. That is systems. awful. That's awful. Okay, so Amna, his sister, worked at Yorkshire, was advised by the police... They couldn't really keep her safe. So she, <laughs> she was told not to come into work this year. Oh, so she's, she's moved abroad. <sighs> can, 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 that be, can that be the conclusion? That we basically give up? England 2021. So anyway, well, it's pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the situation. And every time anyone writes one of those, let's be kind and say, daft pieces in the Yorkshire Post, uh, what I, I hope the um, 
kick it out will show is that there's a correlation between those pieces and the threats we receive or the threats that Azim and his sister in particular receive. Um, so after that piece the other night, he immediately has threats sent to him by various methods. You know, there is a consequence to this journalism. Anyway, uh, I, you know, I, I, I am sort of, I think the ECB get it. I think DCMS get it. I think Kick It Out get it. You know, I know you get it. Most of the interactions I have with cricket supporters are very positive and sensible. They're, they're respectful of the fact that Azim has brought this to public attention. Uh, he, he is not typical. Sorry, he is not atypical in his experience. Uh, he is atypical in the fact that he is refusing to go quietly. I think that is the difference between him and the many other people that you and I will both have spoken to on this subject. Yeah, uh, and it's, it, it's shown on his part amazing courage. Uh, and I think we all saw when he spoke in front of the um, select committee at uh, Westminster that just just how difficult it was. But, I mean, well done him for actually doing it because far too many have just put up with this kind of stuff and just not done anything about it or not been... Uh, you know, not had the support or the the willing to, to to speak out. So let's hope that good sense prevails and that uh, we get the right conclusion to this and people wake up and understand what is and what is not acceptable in this day and age. George, yeah, I'll let you crack... It's, Go on. It's just, it's just, just on that. It's a real worry that Cambridge Patel is uh, under huge pressure. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Cambridge. I, I appreciate that the, uh, the comms at Yorkshire haven't been great. But Cambridge is working for free. He has quite a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, he does. Real high-level stuff. Um, uh, he's, you know, uh, without going into personal details, he's got some sick family. You know, some, uh, uh, he's, he's got a lot going on, and he's trying his best, and I think he's been vilified. Yeah. Um, we talk about acting swiftly. You know, he tried to change the culture at the club by dismissing people. Um, okay. Was that the right thing to do? It's debatable. Uh, they did write a letter saying that they wouldn't accept any censure of any member of staff, even after, you know, the uh, acceptance that there had been a fair bit of racism at the club. I think they probably did need to go to change the culture, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Whether they should have gone through a process, uh, uh, I don't know. Look, I have a lot of sympathy for getting rid of them, to be honest. <laughs> I really do. But... He, he he has been there is still a danger that the club could become insolvent that the club could slip back into the hands of Colin Graves who is the biggest creditor yeah and uh, former service could be resumed there's no room at all for complacency what a depressing thought um, I'm going to let you go and put on your best suit and tie and um, put a bit of Very product kind. in your hair yeah, oh God knows I need to. Uh, <laughs> I I'm always a masked ball. I look absolutely awful. I've got a terrible headache, as I say. Really nice <laughs> to talk to you, though, Darren, as ever. Yes, no, I appreciate it. And um, we'll catch up in the near future. But um, go well, enjoy tonight, and we'll speak soon, George. Cheers, Darren. Nice one. See you soon. Okay. Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. 
Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.